Morning. Morning. My name is Dan, for those who don't know me, I'm part of the leadership team here at the church and it's a great privilege to uh, be speaking to you today in our uh, Vision Sunday and each uh, each year between uh, Christmas and New Year, I uh, take a bit of time just to uh, reflect, to uh, look back at what the year has been, to, to look at the, the high points, to look at the low points, to, to think about where have I seen God move, what have I learned. And then I start to shift my thinking into the, the New Year. What are my hopes? What are my fears? Where is God calling me into change? How is God asking me to use my time, my resource? Last week, it was great to hear uh, Mark speak last week about how we uh, need to be intentional as our walk as followers of Jesus. And tonight, we're going to spend some time uh, looking back uh, at our uh, prayer meeting and AGM. We're going to be celebrating what God has been doing. We're going to be looking at the challenges we've been through, but also we're going to be looking forward. And, and can I ask you just to, to make it a priority to be here this evening? 7.30 here at church, uh, as Victor says, come through the, the car park and use the, the back entrance. But please make it a priority to be there. And I met with our leadership team. Um, each, we meet each month, and we last, so we last met in December. And, and I just want to say that um, these are wonderful people. I, I want you to know that. We've got uh, our elders and our deacons who serve on that team, myself, uh, Mark Rovery, Phil Irvin. We have uh, Sue Wilson, Lauren Thomas, uh, Kath and Jason, uh, Charlesworth. And then this year, we've had the privilege of having Kudzi uh, and Luke Selway uh, joining us and being part of those meetings. They're a real gift to us as a family. And, um, and this year has not been an easy one for, for, that t- for our team. The number of them have been through challenges, especially when it comes to health and health of family members. But I just want to say to you that this team love and care for you so much. Just, just want you to know that. Uh, and as a team, we were reflecting on the year. Uh, and one of the main observations we had was, was not particularly gro- groundbreaking, but it was just that we are so different to what we were a few years ago. Um, that people have been planted into new areas. Uh, people have moved on either during or after the pandemic. Many new people have joined us. Uh, I've just celebrated... I don't know if cele- celebrated makes it sound like I've had a party. Uh, it's not, but it's just been the fourth anniversary of me uh, taking on the senior leadership of this church. It's flown by January 2020. Um, but I just actually, I'd love to, if, if you've joined us since January 2020, would you just stand? Just stand for a moment. If you've joined us since January 2020, just stand up. And there's a load of people who are not standing right now. If you've joined us since 2020, Chinasa, Richard, examples like that, (laughs) would you stand up if you've joined us since 2020? Thank you, Jacob, yes. Thank you, you can sit down. We're different. See, that's an example of, uh, we're very different. Now, we all have opinions at times when change happens about the positives and negatives of change, but the one thing we can't deny is that we are different. We've changed. And we really felt as a team that, um, during this season, we wanted to revisit some of our foundations. What ch- kind of church are we called to be? And what are we doing to move in that direction? And um, for some of this stuff, is going to be not new for people. For some of the stuff you've been with us a long time. But as we hold up some of these things, they, they give us a chance to almost hold up a plumb line 
and to check if we're still in line or whether we've gone a little bit wonky. And for others, you're going to be hearing this for the first time, and this is a chance for you to place your roots deeply into this community. And so to do that, we're going to spend the, the next few months looking at the, the church in Antioch and the example of the church in Antioch. And we're going to look at the book of Acts, which is found in the New Testament. And, and, and when we look at Acts, we have to be careful as we look at this book and the example of the church not to be overly prescriptive, not just to read it and go, well, that's they, what they did, so then we just need to do that. Um, it was 2,000 years ago. It was the beginning of the church. It's a very different context, but we still have much to learn. And so over this series, I want us to let the brothers and sisters of Antioch encourage us as a church over the next few months. And we're going to do that um, by looking at so the verses that were read to us, or we read from Acts 11, and then we're also going to be then move into Acts uh, chapter 13. And I love the example of the church in Antioch because with this group of believers, we see a global movement begin with a single moment in one local church. We're going to get to that in Acts 13. But because of this church in Antioch, which was a a Greek city, it's now modern-day Turkey, um, this this, this church, over the next 200 years, the the entire Roman world would be reached with the gospel. And then over the next 2,000 years, the gospel will go to the ends of the earth, even to places like Hull. And so I think we can learn a lot from them. And I want to introduce uh, this series to you by looking at four values that I think we see in the church in Antioch. And then over the next four or so months, we're going to explore how the church in Antioch lived these values out and how we can do the same. Um, And I believe that the the four values I'm going to cover today are going to be summed up in four words. Those four words, and they're all C's to make them really easy for you to remember, because I know some of you love that, okay, uh, is is conviction, community, contribution, and commission. Conviction, community, contribution, and commission. Good morning, Ian. Before we get to these values, how did the church in Antioch, which had such an impact, how did it first come into existence? If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn back to Acts 8. The the gospel at this point is impacting the city of Jerusalem. It's primarily being preached to Jewish people. And in Acts 7, we read about Stephen. He is sharing the gospel and he is stoned to death. Such, is, such was the opposition to his message. And then in Acts 8, we read from verses 1 to 4, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word of God wherever they went. Stephen is preaching the gospel and he is, he is stoned, and he is stoned as an attempt to stop the advance of the gospel. And yet God had different plans. The believers are scattered with this message of hope and salvation and the gospel advances. 
We're going to look at in this series how God even uses suffering to advance his kingdom. And because of this scattering, the the church is propelled into Judea and Samaria. You might know that Jesus in Acts 1 verse 8, he instructs the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they were at the time. In all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So God is fulfilling his plans, not because of the great strategy of the people, not because of how good they were at sharing the message, but he uses the horrific moment of Stephen's death and the persecution of believers. He doesn't cause them, but he uses them to see his kingdom advance. You need to know that this year, nothing stops the kingdom of God advancing. And then we arrive in Acts 11. Acts 11, 19 to 21. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word among only the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord." The gospel has now arrived in Antioch. It is preached to the Jews. But then it begins to be preached to the Greeks as well. And this is the first value we see is conviction. The church in Antioch had encountered Jesus. They had believed. It tells us a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. I hope if you're exploring faith today that you have been made to feel very welcome here. Please keep coming back. Please ask questions. Please find out who Jesus is. Make a decision for yourself. It is the most important question that you can answer. But also know that we believe that Jesus is the way to salvation. That he is, as he says in John 14, 6, the way and the truth and the life that no one can come to the Father except through him. You know, we live in this, you know, you do you kind of culture. Have your beliefs, do your thing, as long as you don't hurt or offend others. You know, freedom is elevated above all things, and yet we submit to a savior. We follow one who invites us to lay down our lives. We preach an exclusive gospel that only those who know Jesus will spend eternity with him. And this is confrontational in this world. We're not, yet we're not trying to say we're better than anybody else. In fact, we should be more aware of our brokenness and know that it is not because of how good we are, but because of how good and faithful God is that we get to enter his kingdom. The church in Antioch had encountered Jesus and salvation through him. We love to have guests amongst us in this community. But to be truly part of us, you need to be saved by Jesus. You know, if you want to go somewhere and make friends or have something to do with your time, there are better places to go where you don't have to get out of bed on a Sunday morning, where you don't get asked to serve, where you don't get confronted with an offering bucket every Sunday. But the church is the body of Christ. It is a group of people who have one thing in common. We have met Jesus. Most of you I would never have known if it wasn't for Jesus. 
And it's messy at times. And it demands sacrifice. And it is inconvenient. And yet it is the place that God dwells with his people. And it is through this group of people that he is restoring and renewing all of creation ready for his return. It's a thing of beauty. And we need to fall in love again with the church. We need to capture God's heart for the church. And yet, we also have churches who want to reflect the culture of the world more than they want to reflect the culture of the kingdom. Where they are marked by compromise. Where they are no longer holding the word of God as authority in their lives. We cannot go there. And we cannot be arrogant enough to think that we would never go there. We need to constantly be centered around the word of God. And we don't have to go around offending people. We don't have to be going around throwing our beliefs at people. We don't have to go around criticizing people or other churches or other, things, or other beliefs out there. No, we follow a kind, loving, gracious savior. But we stand firm to what we believe. That Jesus is who he said he was. That the Bible is the word of God. It is true and it is to be followed. That we are saved by grace alone. That we have the Holy Spirit available to each of us. I could go on, but on the 4th of February, we're going to have a lunch for, the, for those who are new to the church after the service. Those who are new to faith or new to our community. And, and you're going to get a chance to explore a bit of who we are and, and what we believe um, and then we're going to, from that, we're going to launch a midweek course uh, for a few weeks where we just get to really dig into what do we believe as a church, what does it mean to be part of us. But having conviction about the Word of God is not just knowing what we believe. There are plenty of people out there who know what they believe, but we need to actually live it out. You know, many of us have encountered Jesus, and it is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful moment when we encounter Jesus. But encounter is just the start. Because following Jesus and being a disciple, we are invited to encounter, we're invited then to surrender, and then we're invited to live obediently to him. Jesus instructed his disciples in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. Notice that becoming a, it's becoming a disciple, being baptized, but that's just the start. We then learn to obey all that he has commanded us. And that takes me to the second value that we see in the church in Antioch, and that is community. Because Jesus doesn't tell us to follow him as lone rangers, to figure it out alone. No, he places us in community. And we see this in Antioch in Acts 11:26. It says, So for the whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught a great number of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. This is the first time that followers of Jesus, or at the time, followers of the way, are called Christians. In an unbelieving culture, the way that they lived and their togetherness marked them out. It gave them a different identity to the other Jews that are around them. 
Now, I'm going to go into a lot more detail next week about what it means for us to be a gathered people and what community looks like, but can I encourage you to give yourself to one another? Don't watch from the sidelines. Choose to be present. Prioritize togetherness. You know, as a church, we don't want to fill up your diary with church activities. I want you to be in your community. I want us to be churches full of great husbands and wives, great neighbors, great friends, great mothers and fathers. I don't want your home life or your family to be sacrificed on the altar of church. I don't want you to be so busy that you don't have time to make friends with those outside of the church. And I know that some of you are from church backgrounds where you have a church activity every single day of the week. I know that. You're not going to find that here. We are called to be in the world. Not of the world, but we're called to be in the world, not just to create holy huddles. But that doesn't mean that I want your only involvement to be rocking up at 10.29 and leaving at 12.01 on a Sunday. I want you to be involved in other people's lives. We want you to be in discipleship relationships. I love hearing about how people meeting up to pray, people meeting up to study God's word together, people bringing encouragement and challenge to one another. You know, as our church, we have life groups. These meet weekly or fortnightly in locations all around the region. If you lead a life group, would you just stand up a second? If you lead a life group, stand up, stand up, come on. If you lead a life group, if you lead, look at that. There we go. Give these people a round of applause, serving you so well. You can sit down, thank you. If you, if you, say, if you, if you tell me Jubilee is part of your local church, you need to be in a life group. Okay? That's an instruction. And then what happens is three or four life groups come together and meet monthly in what we call a cluster. These happen in four locations, centrally, to the west, to the north, and to the east. These are places of prayer, places of worship, places of teaching, chance to be in new locations with a worshiping presence. And each month throughout uh, 2024, we're going to open up one of our cluster meetings for everyone to come together for a church-wide prayer meeting. Victor mentioned the first one, 28th of January, Alexandra Hall in Hedden at 7 p.m. Being present is far more than just attending and consuming, but we each have something to bring when we come together. And that takes me on to the third word, which is contribution. The Bible is the the most read book in the world. There are many famous names that even if you don't really know this book, you know of. Maybe it might be characters like Noah or Adam and Eve, you, pretty much you could go onto the street and say, do you know who Adam and Eve are? And people would know that. And, and you might have favorite Bible characters. There might be people in this book that you I love that story. I love that character. And we see lots and lots of names mentioned. Some of them we see mentioned loads of times in both the Old and the New Testament. Some people we see them mentioned just once or twice. And yet, in the verses that we see in Acts 11, it says this. Now those who had been scattered by persecution, verse 19, that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word among only the Jews. Some of them, however, 
men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. This new church that we're going to spend a few months focusing on was started because, to quote scripture, some of them moved into the city. I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty annoyed if I was one of those people. I could have had my name in the scriptures and you called me some of them. (laughs) It doesn't mention them by name. We don't know who they are, and yet they did extraordinary things because of, for the kingdom, and the gospel got here because of their actions. Let's not miss that. Paul is, uh, Phil, sorry, Paul, Phil is going to look at, in more detail in a couple of weeks about how we need to raise up every one of us to do extraordinary things for the kingdom. The unnamed people in this passage go from this scattered moment to create gatherings and communities of faith that introduce people to Jesus. This is not about one leader and a platform. This is not about a handful of gifted people serving the church. This is about family where everyone has something to bring. We all have the chance to contribute. I would love to see in this next season more people putting their hands up to serve. We have opportunities during the week daytime and evenings. We have opportunities on our Sunday. Our welcome team, for example, in the purple t-shirts. We'd love to see more people serving on that team this year. Our children and young people need more team members. You know, as someone who served on the youth team here for uh, 10 or so years, I can tell you, you will gain more from serving our young people than they will get from you. Guarantee you that. Contribute. I also encourage you, get involved in giving. We are able to do what we do because of the giving of church members. Of our income, 40% last year came from regular giving, either through standing orders, online giving, the Sunday offering. 11% came from our gift day, and another 11% came from what we get from the government when we claim gift aid. And that means, for those who are good at maths, 62% of our income came from giving. The rest then comes from hiring out of our building and grants, but we're not supported by a major backer. We're not supported by some central pot somewhere, but we do all that we do because God provides through your giving. Thank you. Thank you for all that you invest into this community. But can I ask three things? Firstly, if you're not signed up, as it to, for, if, you, if, you, if you pay, if you're a UK taxpayer and you're not signed up for gift aid, could you fill in a, a form at the back on the info point or email the office? We get to claim back 25p from the government for every pound that you give. It makes a huge difference. Secondly, if you give every week or every month into the buckets, would you consider starting a standing order for the amount that you give every, every month anyway? It just means that we can then, we know what's coming in and we can budget and we can plan. Thirdly, if you're not giving yet, would you consider starting giving in this season? We now have this fancy machine in the corridor, a donation station. Check us out. (laughs) You can make card payments now on a Sunday. We have our cash offering. The details can be found at notdull.org forward slash giving. And this evening, I'm going to look in a lot more detail about where we spend our money and, we're, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the example we find at, in the church in Antioch. There's this wonderful example of how they support the church in Judea who are in need. And we're going to look at that and what it means to be a generous church. But would you consider doing those things? 
And the final value I want us to look at is the word commission. This church in Antioch is born in the context of mission. Through persecution, they were fulfilling the great commission that Jesus had given them. We see new people reached with the gospel. Later in Acts 13, we see the church sending out people to see the kingdom advance. The church in Antioch was never focused on building large churches and maintenance, but it was always about kingdom advance. As a church, we need to raise up and release every member of the church to the plans and purposes of God. We must become comfortable with continual sending that is required in order to plant more churches and to reach new areas with the gospel. We must never take our eyes off the great commission, the call of God to go and make disciples. You know, we've got a great resource here centrally. And over the coming years, we want to use this building better to serve our city. You know, in the full view projects and our plans for the front, we want to see more and more people coming through the doors. But do you know that the marker of success for a church is not our seating capacity, but it is our sending capacity. And what I mean by sending, yes, that includes church planting, but don't limit your imagination. We're going to be sending people to new areas. We've already seen a church in East Hull that we planted become River City Church. In the north, Freedom Church. In Birmingham, with Christ Church. We've seen individuals sent to new places, Liverpool, Harrogate, Sheffield, to name a few. We've supported a new church plant in Zomba, Malawi, with Trinity Church. We're going to plant new churches. We're going to send people to new places. Chris Shaw is back with us this morning, but in a few, uh, in a few weeks, he's going to be going to Mexico to go and carry the gospel see the kingdom advance. But you know what? Every Sunday, we leave this place as sent people into our homes, into our streets, into our workplaces. We carry the gospel. We carry a mandate to go and make disciples. And when we come together, we come together to be equipped. We come together to hear stories of where we have seen God move. We we come together to celebrate steps of obedience, but then we go and we are sent again into the world to be salt and light. Over this season, we're going to be exploring the church in Antioch, but let us be a church of conviction. Those who have experienced salvation and are living in the truth of God's word. Let us be a church of community. We are a gathered people. We give ourselves to being present and building meaningful relationships. Let us be a people who contribute, that we all have something to bring and we use our time, our gifts, our resources to see the kingdom advance. And let us be a church centered on the Great Commission, that we are together caught up in God's plans for the gospel to reach the ends of the earth. And we want to be disciples who make disciples. If you're able to, would you stand with me while the band come and join me? And just before the band start, I just want you just to take a moment Just to consider what has God placed on your heart in this season? What is God calling you deeper into? 
What is God asking you to say yes to? What is God asking you to say no to? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we want to see your kingdom come in. In this place, in this city, in this region, as it is in heaven. And Lord, I thank you that you, in your plans, and your, your plans is that it's going to be done through you working through your local church. That is the only plan that you have is to see your kingdom come in and use in your local church. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege it is to get to partner with you. And Lord, I just pray you would help every single one of us to know what are the steps we need to do to position ourselves to be in a place where we can be used by you in this season, where we can be living lives, intentional lives that see your kingdom advance in the places that we are, in this church, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in this city, in this region, and to the nations. Lord, we come before you now as we see with Moses and Abraham and Isaiah and Samuel, and we say, here am I, Lord. Would you use me in this season? Amen.